for me, the ring and the marriage ceremony and the I do's was the ultimate fire insurance from ever having to experience heartbreak again, be abandoned, and that I'd have, and I, I would, I would get to go through my life with my best friend, and always have somebody with me mm-hmm. in all of the journeys of life, and that's really what I wanted. You're listening to Shall We Unpack This with your host, Leilani Carrasco. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to part two of Unpacking Divorce, Marriage, and Reconciliation. So just to give you some context of where Dave and I were coming from at the time that we met, we were both high schoolers at the time of the True Love Waits movement, which basically rallied behind the idea of saving sex for marriage. By the time we entered college, books on courting were really popular. I Kiss Dating Goodbye was one you've probably heard of, but the one that made the biggest impact on me was a book called When God writes your love story. It's a story about a 21-year-old man and a 16-year-old girl and how they courted. They got married three years later. And in that process, they never kissed. They never hugged each other in a full frontal boob squishy manner. They were accompanied on dates by either a chaperone or another couple. And when they got married is when they had their first kiss and that, that I mean everything was saved for the wedding day it was kind of like a christian twilight in that it seemed kind of toxic but also very intriguing and maybe even a little sexy in its own weird way that story really appealed to me because i was someone that wanted to do everything perfectly especially around dating i was terrified to date. I didn't know how to put myself out there. And what if I found some creep or what if I like got stood up? I didn't, I wasn't ready to face any of that drama. And here is this fairy tale story that says, Hey, you can be spared all of that and it will turn out beautifully and you'll live happily ever after. And to be fair, this couple seemed like they were following this path from a place of true conviction, but that's a very unique situation that they were in. It is not for everybody. And it certainly wasn't for me. It felt safe, but I was approaching it from this will protect me and I'm afraid of life. And this is going to keep me from having to experience any issues or any problems in a relationship. Looking back on that season, I needed to explore relationships, but courting, not only does it look down on sex before marriage, but it looks down on even dating at all. And there is some value in dating that I didn't see at the time. I wanted the most surefire path to guarantee that I would never experience any hardship in relationship. And this was how I was going to do it follow the courting rules, make sure, first of all, that I graduated college and that I was out on my own, 
that we were best friends first. And so as our relationship unfolded, Dave and I met all the checklist points, which would hopefully, I would think, save us from about 90% of the issues that couples face, right? The only thing we didn't do was we did not save that first kiss for our wedding day. And I remember feeling disappointed in myself and sad after our first kiss. And that's what is so grievous about religion. It takes anything and everything and just pours shame and guilt on it. You can't even have a decent first kiss without feeling ashamed. And I remember waking up the morning of our wedding day feeling like somehow I had disappointed God because I'd replaced him with a man. And the Apostle Paul says, it's best that you be single. And I failed. It's sad to start your wedding day with shame and guilt. I wanted to share all this to really lay a foundation of where Dave and I were coming from and our mindsets around dating when we met. So without further ado, let us unpack our marriage. So with that, um, how did we meet? Our stories kind of didn't line up. Even when we were married, I'm like, our first kiss was this day. And you're like, no, it wasn't. It was this time. I was like, oh, well, man. It could. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to introduce this to you, Leilani. I don't know if you believe in this one. Whoa. Could it have been both? What? That's yeah. that's, a, that's a that's like a mind blown. That's comment. not the question you were asking. Yeah, though. yeah, that's a whole other. Yeah. And so I'll the, be I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't remember. <gasps> Dave does not remember what? how we met, ladies. Or you're Dean. You're you know what do you? I I've been calling you Dave. I've been calling you Dave this whole time. Okay. All right. So I when when I. When we were married, mm-hmm. I created a persona for this radio show that I created called The Appetizer. And I was D. Grant Smith because Dave Smith, to me, was the most boring radio name in the world. Dave Smith. Um, first initial, middle name, last name. And then when, when we split up, I didn't want to be Dave anymore. I saw Dave as being this weak person that his wife leaves him, so I can't be that. I need to be somebody else. Mm. And uh, so I rebranded my whole human existence and it even asked my family to not call me Dave anymore. I, I basically divorced. I divorced myself from myself. Whoa. Um, which, talk about self-rejection. Wow. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I had to face years later. Mm-hmm. But um, I spent a long time being very ashamed of the name Dave mm-hmm. and ashamed of that version of myself. Mm-hmm. There's part, I, I still call myself Dave sometimes. Um most people call me D or D Grant. That's my preferred name, sort of. But actually, to be really honest with you, David is my fucking name. And, like, there's a huge part of me that's like, no, I was named after a king. That's who I fucking am. Mm-hmm. So, pardon the F words if that bothers you. Um, <laughs> but I don't care. To to you, my I'm Dave. You're so Dave. That's fine. Oh, I, I, no, yeah. I, I was going to, I don't remember our first kiss. Part of the reason why I I stopped drinking Mm -hmm. is because memory is such a big deal to me. And when I realized that, like, I don't remember what I did the night before. Wow. There's so much about that night that I hurt you. Yeah. And I don't remember that stuff. Yeah. And that's not fair to me. That's not fair to you. That's not fair to other people in my life. Wow. I'm known for having a great memory. People are like, yeah, Dee just remembers everything. And I do. So for me to have these portions of my life story mm-hmm. that are like, 
um, erased yeah. from my own um, yeah. hard drives, uh-huh. deal breaker. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I think I erased parts of my story with you because I didn't want to remember that anymore. Yeah. It didn't have relevance anymore. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I w- I'm happy to have conversation about it, <laughs> yeah. but I, until you start talking about things, I'm not going to remember anything. All right, fair enough. Well, it's interesting because one thing I do remember right off the bat, it's funny that you mentioned your name because when we met, you were going by Dave because you're like, I don't relate to David anymore. David is something in my... So it's like... I have this history. You do. So when you were going to your... When you had changed your name and other people were referring to you that as that, I was like, he has always had an issue with his name. So we had... Full circle. Yeah. Interesting. We had met... We were both going to this church at the time and we were in a college group and I just remember you went to the early service I'm like, that's a, that's a college student, but he goes to the early service. Like you have to work at five 30 in the morning, your body wakes up early, by the way, it's 20 something years later. I wake up at three 30 30 to four o'clock in the morning every day now. Oh, gross. Still. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, so you'd be at the early service coming through, and I had this thing about like skater boys, and you had the long hair, and I was like into Legolas, so the the long blonde hair, and you dressed like with the Jinkos. Let me show you something. Oh, do you have a picture? Well, while you look for the photo, so I was into skater boys, and you kind of had that skater look, and so I was like, huh. And that's really like we we um, had a college trip to San Antonio. And I was always kind of an awkward, whoa, whoa, look at, I don't even know if you can see, look at that long hair, no, yeah, oh my god. I look like (laughs) Kurt Cobain. You do, oh, that's awesome, I remember that shirt too, I think, no, not that shirt, never mind, that's a I wish I still had that shirt. That was, um, yeah, that was Grunge Dave. Um, very cool picture. Very cool. Thank you. And um, so we, our college group kind of already had their friend groups, and we just were like, I think, extras floating around. And it was like, okay, you guys, we're going to go to the Riverwalk today. And like all the like groups like left, and it was just kind of mm. us. And it was like, well, let's hang out. And we just, we, we're friends, I think, from day one. We just kind of had a natural rapport. My recollection of this is we had known of each other for a yeah. long time. Yeah. But not ever spent any time together. We'd just seen each other in passing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I went to ACU. You went to Hardin-Simmons. There was some of the college... There was a lot of the college crew that were all ACU mm-hmm. people. Yeah, I was kind of um, an odd man out there. Uh, but I remember... On the on the ride up to that retreat, we had kind of sat in the back, sort of close to each other, but not really. Yeah. Not not really had conversation. I think we maybe exchanged a couple things together, uh-huh. and I thought, Elias seems like a really interesting person, but we never had like an actual conversation. And when we were kind of, um, we went somewhere, and I bought. Uh, these little plastic ducks. Ah, yes! Because I wanted to actually get my ducks in a row. And uh, 
And I said that. You were like, and I got my ducks in a row? Because I remember you were like, why did you get those ducks? I'm like, I want to have my ducks in a row. And you thought that was hilarious. And so then the next day you asked me, like, so are, are your ducks in a row yet? I'm like, yeah, I'm working on it. Yeah. And, and you just fine. And like then, uh, yeah, I remember us walking around. We got marble slab, I think. Yes. And yes. Because I remember it melted onto your hand and you didn't notice. I'm like, when is he going to wipe this? Like, <laughs> this is my mind. Like, I, yeah, I remember the ice cream that you wouldn't wipe off your hand. It just wow. stayed there forever. I'm like, how does he not feel that? How is that not driving him crazy? And we ended up talking about Seinfeld oh, a lot. Oh, really? Uh, and that's what in, endeared you to me. Because uh-huh. I wanted to have somebody that I could talk about things that I was really into. Uh-huh. And we both liked The Lord of the Rings. We both liked Seinfeld. And there's probably like one or two other things. Uh-huh. But, like, but Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead. And um, so, like, our friendship, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken, began with us just, like, here's somebody else that's weird like me. Mm-hmm. And that I don't, I can be, I can be weird with and not have to, like, try to put on these other masks to fit into all these other boxes that these other cool, that the cool kids are doing that I don't really feel like I'm a part of. Of all the things that come full circle, this has come full circle, Yeah, too. here we are. Yep. So... We just, yeah, it was just a big moment for me because growing up, I had this fear of men. I didn't grow up around daddy. Grandfather lived across the street, but he he was stern and kind of imposing. And um, I just, I'm still unpacking the fear I have, like just feeling like, what was... And Fred. Yeah, and then my stepdad, you know, was um, just, it was just like men were scary. And then even I wanted to date people in high school. I wanted to have boyfriends, but it would just get in my head to where I'm like, well, what are we going to talk about? And then I'm going to be alone with a boy. And I would just get really sick to my stomach and nervous. And um, then I hit college and I was just like awkward and gained a bunch of weight. And and then I just kind of would, I all but hissed at people just to like keep them away from me. I'm like, it's just me and God and, and nobody else. And so when it was just a natural relationship, with us um it was several days because then we just hung out all the time Mm -hmm. it was several days into that that i'm like i haven't felt nervous i don't have i don't have that sick to my stomach feeling whenever i hang out with dave or even plan to hang out for day with dave and wait for him to show up because that was always if i plan something it could be something as benign as the dad picking me up to go babysit his kid that waiting for the dad to show up, sitting alone in the car with the dad, like all of that was scary to me. And with boys, the same thing. I'm like sick. But that didn't happen with you. And that is like, I think one of those landmark moments that you're like, I met a person that doesn't make me scared. But then I thought like I attached a lot of meaning to that. Like, you know, the one is talked mm-hmm. about a lot when you're younger and it's mm-hmm. even more so in the church you're really discouraged from dating you're supposed to like find a person lock them in mm-hmm. court them not even kiss them or get to interact with them physically mm-hmm. and then marry them and so it's like and it's, make that commitment to go through all the different changes that they're going to go through in yeah. their life and you're going to go through too and you have to stay in like perfect harmony with each other throughout all of those shifts. yeah yeah and so um I attached a lot of meaning to the fact that I felt safe with a man for the first time. Like, um, I feel safe. And then 
Um, yeah, so it was like, okay, well, I would like to... I don't know how this works, but maybe we can, like, date each other? I didn't... I was like... And it, what's funny is I'm, like, 22 and still like, how does this work? <laughs> um, do we date each other? And we were, again, like, very entrenched in religion. So we were walking around ACU, and we had the talk about, like, should we date? I don't know. Oh, like, I remember this. Yeah, so it was like, I don't know, like, let's separate. You go down that hallway, I'll go down this hallway, and we'll pray to, about you, you it. You came to my work. Yeah. I, and uh, I was working the late shift, and um, we went up to the third floor. Because yeah. Because I had to check to make sure that this one light was on. Oh, yeah. And um, we went in our separate spaces, and I had a vision for what I, I prayed about it. I had a vision for what I saw. She had a different vision. And when we came together, I was thinking that we were going to be on the same page, and we weren't. I'm like, I heard a, yeah? Like, yeah, explore this. Just, you know, date. And so I'm like, cool. And so we met, and you were like, I heard no. And I'm like, ah, you know, so already, like, that was the beginning of the end. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it was like. I had never even said I love you yet. And oh, no. And then, um, yeah, so it was just kind of like this, like, we were still drawn to each other, but then we also had these ideas of what could be or what you thought your path was, and, and I was like, no, this is supposed to be, so, I mean, I, I, um, dog paddle energy and, like, forcing things was my whole life. I have to force things to happen, because... They're not going to happen otherwise. And I always have to be the driving force to like push these things and make them happen. And it was just so awkward between us because it was like, I still very much wanted to date. And we probably should have just like dated and then realized, yeah, you know, like this is. Well, we definitely know. should have dated before we got married. And I take responsibility for that. Yeah. Because, um, so we had spent a lot of time together. And then I knew you liked me. And I liked you, but I didn't feel like it was, I didn't feel like I was supposed to. Yeah, it was and not was, God's and, will. And I was <laughs> in that whole, like, you know. Yeah, you're tr not, we're trying our best to just do the right thing, and it's a mess. Making wise decisions. And also, at the same time, like, I, in a lot of ways, Leilani, was trying to protect your heart. Because I had spent three years chasing after this girl. That very similar, similar thing. Like, I was trying to earn her love because I wasn't giving it to myself and I was mm -hmm. constantly trying to prove my worthiness to her and show her that I was, you know, worth, you know, marrying and settling down with. And I was doing the same thing to her that I would eventually do to you where I'm trying to be this person so that I can be good enough. And of course, since my underlying root belief system and energy is unworthiness, mm -hmm. of course, that's what she's sensing in her you know consciousness and like well I'm, I'm not gonna partner with this guy yeah whether she's aware of that or not yeah, like that yeah. was still what was what was happening mm -hmm. so when i finally stopped chasing after her and then you and i start hanging out and i'm like i i don't want to hurt this person i need to heal whatever the hell that means um myself and gain some sort of fortitude but i don't want to i didn't want you to be a rebound Mm. I'm just now realizing that, like, I didn't want, I wow. didn't want my money to be a rebound. Wow. And so. And I'm like, no. <laughs> wait, and so, so then you went to, um, you went to London mm -hmm. at right that time. 
uh, for four months, mm-hmm. and I missed you immensely. Mm-hmm. And then when you came back, I was like, I am very attracted to her. I wonder if she still likes me. I have loved getting to talk to her every day through email. Like, reading your emails was the one thing that got me up in the morning mm-hmm. because going to work at six o'clock in the morning was not the thing that got me. <laughs> but like thinking like maybe there'll be a, a, another email from mm-hmm. Leilani, like that got me excited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I would read it over and over again. Same. Yeah. And, just uh, dwell. Mm-hmm. And so when you came back, I was like, I'm going to graduate. I think I want to marry this person. Now, that's such a leap because we hadn't had these conversations. We hadn't really talked in romantic. We just, stuff. we talked a lot. We didn't talk very much for people who talked a lot to each other. Isn't we, this we, funny? We talked a lot about things that were not important at all. Like, I, yeah. You know, we, 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 we were nerds together. Yeah. We were nerds about different things. We talked a lot about spirituality and what God yeah. was doing and all these different yeah. things. But like, we didn't, I, did, I didn't share with you my feelings. Yeah. You didn't. Or like what we're thinking, like yeah. There was so, so much that was like w- just completely missed but for I, all of I our remember, talking. I remember saying, "Hey, um, I don't want to date you. I want to marry you." And you said, "Okay," or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's a pivotal um, moment. Um, I went to London because I'm like, I need to get out of here. And I need something else because I've just been chasing and forcing this odd relationship. And I was going crazy. Like, I would kind of stalk the church parking lot so I could see your truck. And then I would drive around it like, I'm going to pray over him. (laughs) I'm just here to pray. Um, And and I would just do these things. I was just mad. I was just bonkers. But um, so finally, I came back and... And it seemed like we, you were interested and excited to see me. But when I threw open the door, uh, <laughs> here yeah. I opened the door and he's got his hands in his pockets and he looks I was at try- me. Here's the thing. I was trying to be Zach Morris because I was, uh, from watching all those Save by the Bell episodes. Yeah, you're, a, you played it so cool. I was cool. so convinced that if I could be Zach Morris, that I'd be this cool guy and she'd just like fall head over heels in love with me. But that's not the, that guy's a douchebag. Yeah, so that was so wounding to me. I'm like, you know, to uh, that's one of those... I was like, not being myself. Yeah. I was trying to be somebody else yeah. to try to win over your heart when I didn't have to do any of that stuff. I just needed to be me. Yeah. Yeah, if you'd have been like, hey, hey, it would have been so satisfying. But yeah, we're again, we play these things and we're just young and crazy. But yeah, we we started hanging out again. And then, yeah, it was like two weeks after I came back your graduation night and we're sitting on the couch and I think at one point I'm sitting on your lap and it's like well you know what do, where do we go from here oh yeah and um I thought you were telling me to leave I'm like you're right I should go home <laughs> and you were like no about us and I was like oh he's ready to have this conversation because by the next the day before this all happened I was like sitting in my car pounding the driving the steering wheel like I am tired of chasing this person he I don't want this anymore I just want to be myself I want to figure out who I am and go on my own journey and I felt such peace when I was like, it's just going to be me and me, and I'm going to figure mm-hmm. me out. And then the next day... The next day, you're like, what so about as us? Soon as, as soon as you detach, I come over. You're like, ready. So it felt like such a cosmic joke. Mm-hmm. But I, when you were like, 
he's uh, you you were like what about us and then we talked and you were like well I don't want to date if you date me you marry me and I was like because I was so afraid <laughs> you gotta lock that shit in so afraid yeah. yeah I I mean I I, I see it now I had dated somebody for to me a year and a half but to her three months mm-hmm. because we were never official mm-hmm. well you don't do the that's a different story I can't go down. Nobody's business but ours. But, yeah, um, yeah. like, there was so much confusion there that I was like, I don't want to ever play this dating game again because it's just going to end in heartbreak. Mm-hmm. So instead of doing that whole thing, if you're if you're willing to be my, be, be my girlfriend mm-hmm. and you're willing to be my wife, which is dumb as... <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. So, it, yeah, um... And I sat there on your lap, and I'm like, just, can I pray just a minute? And so I closed my eyes, and I'm like, ah, what do I do? This is this is sudden. Uh, and, I, and I was like, shit, I'm taking too long. Uh, just one more minute. And I'm praying, and I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Like, well, because I've spent a year and a half pining for Dave and hoping this would work out. That all seems like a waste to throw away now. So, yeah, Okay. Okay. And, but we even then left on like, okay, all right. And, um, I left thinking I've always wanted to be wooed and to be, um, to to like go date and and stuff. But this is also, I've never felt safe with a guy before and all these things and all our history. And, um, so like two days later we see each other at church and again, like you play the cool guy, like, you did that instead of coming up to Oh, us. my God, dude. And so then we went somewhere afterwards for lunch and we got... Clearly, like, I had no game. None. And clearly, I did not know what I was doing. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so we got in the car and we were buckling in and you turn to me and you say, yes. And I was like, yes? And you're like, yes. Yes? Yes. I will date you. <laughs> you said, yes, I will date you. We're dating. And I'm like, okay, we're dating. Okay. I thought we covered this on Friday, but I guess we're official now. Like, it was so confusing. Now, I remember all of this now. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was, it, I, again, no, it couldn't I, have been any better. At, with at given, this, at, given... At, at this point in time, I'm so glad that almost 20 years later so what one thing though that i do want to highlight is the whole to a wounded person that is longing for validation and obsession Hmm. not love obsession i like love does not that thinks obsession is love yeah uh exactly when you said i don't want to date you if you date me you marry me that did not feel right immediately, but then my brain was like, see how passionately he loves you? Like, he's obsessed with you. He, he doesn't even want to date you. He wants to have you right away. And so my brain kind of switched that into a romantic gesture and then dial it back when I'm like, I don't know, leaving the house. I'm like, that was a red flag. <laughs> and I was trying to be romantic in a super passionate sort of way, but there's... Mm so much of this like old fashioned old fashioned passion from the movies and mm-hmm. some Disney movie kind of shit and cause none of the princess and princesses dated 
No. They were betrothed to each other mystically, and um, they kissed one time, and they knew. Yeah, they uh, met in the forest, danced, kissed. They and, sang a couple songs together. Yes, and Yes, and then uh, then they get married, and that's perfectly normal, and we love the movie, yay. Um, yeah, so, so toxic. Um, so we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. We're going to premarital counseling. I saw it as something to check off the list so that the right people that were going to approve of us getting hitched would sign, like, it was a checklist, Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to check off the stupid thing so we could get on down the road, and for me, the ring and the marriage ceremony and the I do's was the ultimate fire insurance from ever having to experience heartbreak again, be abandoned and that I'd ha- and I, I would I would get to go through my life with my best friend and always have somebody with me mm-hmm. in all of the journeys of life and that's really what I wanted now I do believe in soulmates I do believe in like I do believe in the whole one thing but it's evolved a lot since my youth and 20s and all that stuff but like I in all the praying that I was doing I never asked God or my higher self, like, hey, is this the person that I'm supposed to be spending the rest of my life with? never asked that question. Mm. And I don't know if you and I have had this conversation before or not. Mm. We'll see. We'll find out. <laughs> 2015, 16-ish, when things are kind of starting to, yeah. like, like they've been kind of rocky for a little bit. But like, it was hard, yeah. We, we're, we're butting heads on the regular basis. Every day we're bickering. You yeah. were walking up the stairs, and I thought to myself, why is my why am I having this much calamity and stress with my soulmate? And the inner parts of me said, "Who said she was your soulmate?" Yeah, she, she's not your soulmate. Yeah, but you never bothered to ask that question before. And I'm like, then I'm getting mad at God. Like, why did you let me marry this person that's not my soulmate? To me, like, even even if divinely we weren't supposed to be together. I had made this commitment and this decision, and I mm-hmm. swore that I was never going to get divorced because, shit, I wasn't going to be my father. Mm-hmm. And here I am mm-hmm. in the same fucking boat. Mm-hmm. And there's so much of my dad's life and my life that have been very parallel, and um, I recognize so much of like this living in somebody else's shadow that... I'm telling myself I don't want to live in, but I'm subconsciously and consciously doing the same things to put myself back in that place. And, yeah, so there's all kinds of stuff to unpack there, but... Yeah, so much so much unpacking. And what's funny about you saying, oh, I'm not going to be my dad, it seemed like all the traits that caused me the most stress and turmoil with my stepdad I just sucked him up like a straw and so like I just I found myself behaving and getting stressed out and causing a lot of stress between us and I'm like this is Fred coming out how is this coming out like I'm that was supposed to be something I didn't want and now it's just yeah it's just so interesting yeah interesting how the very thing you don't want to be you're you're you just are acting out it's just unchecked um so, so yeah, we got married, and um, I remember when we were engaged, I was thinking, I have so many skeletons in my closet, and, and now this person's going to see how awful it is inside and just how 
how bad of a person I am. And so this is going to be really interesting because then they're going to stop loving me. And, you know, it's just this, again, just this toxic, but, you know, no tools. Um, It was just like God and somehow Jesus Mm -hmm. is going to take care of it. And that's all you need. What's interesting when you said you saw me walk up the stairs and, and the whole, like, that's not who said that was your soulmate. Mm. I had that moment at Hardin Simmons at like two in the afternoon. I remember you even wearing a sweater and your hat and everything. And one thing we did when we were friends is we'd pray together. Let's, okay, well, I can't, we can't date, but we can still pray together because we're prayer warriors. And so we'd like... We were in all these prayer groups together. They're like other different people would like assign us to. And, yeah. But yeah, yeah so, so we're like sitting on my bed. We were praying, but we're like all really close. And I just... You were giving me like an hour and a half long massage, which fan-fucking-tastic. And I'm like, I just want to touch him. But I'm just praying. It's just, oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. So I I felt even closer to you because, you know, I felt a spiritual connection with you. And I said, like, this was in the springtime after things had gotten awkward. No, we're not going to date. Okay, like, Leilani's weird, and she keeps port- pushing this down the road. Like, I just felt like... Is I, that the story you were telling yourself? Yeah, well, I not, not that you were saying that I was weird, but I know you were trying to avoid me just to stop hurting, stop the hurting. But you, it was, there was this avoidant the, 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 kind I of was, phase. I was avoiding you. It was, but it was not because of that. Yeah, it, you didn't want to hurt me. I, I see that. There, there, were, there were, well, there were two things. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, well, let me finish. Let me finish. Sorry. Okay. So, um, we finally started kind of hanging out again because there was a hiatus there where it got weird and we didn't mm-hmm. hang out. And I'm like, but I, I, we were at Hardin Simmons taking a walk and I was like, but I miss praying with you. And you like did the whole, like pull the sleeves up and you're like, yeah, but, Classic me. um, I, I feel like that's something you need to save to do with your husband your future husband, whoever that is. Hmm. And that it was almost like my, like my ears heard that. And then my heart was like, he means what he says. You are not his wife. (laughs) And, but I was like, but that's not fair. Like, no, this is, this is supposed to work. But that, that echoed, like, that's something you're supposed to say for your husband. And I'm thinking, but I, I want you to be, I don't know. I want us to do so. I don't know. I was so confused, but that was one of those moments too, where it's like, he is, the writing is on the wall, girl. Like, let it go. Uh, He's not saying this maliciously, but this is now at this point, you're like forcing this. So yeah, that was, that was my story. (laughs) Mm. Mm -hmm. So you didn't think I was weird. You, you were kind of like keeping distance. So I didn't, I didn't want to hurt you, but I also felt like you were, Controlling me? Ooh. No, I was just driving around your car praying. <laughs> I was just praying. So here's my story <laughs> that I remember. I went over to Jason Ross's house, and we were going to play FIFA or uh, Madden or something. We were going to play video games. And you called me, and you were like, hey, um, let's, you know, let's hang out or whatever. And I was like, I'm sorry, I can't hang out right now. I'm going to go hang out with these people and you get really mad at me 
and you said a bunch of things about like how could I how could I abandon or like leave not, not tell you that I had other plans or there was I, I don't remember obviously I don't remember exactly what you said I don't remember but this. it was something along the line like the tone of your voice and you got really upset with me for making plans to go hang out with my other friends mm -hmm. and I felt like I didn't have the right or the con or the the like ability to make my own decisions for what I do with my time and I was like I don't want anybody to tell me what I can and cannot do I'm not we're not dating we're not married we're not like we're just we're, we're friends that hang out or whatever but like oh no, no nobody should be able to tell me what I can and cannot do with my time and I think I probably mentioned that to one of my older like mentor people and they're like you need to create some space man like that's not healthy and so that's when I stopped Oof. but once we got married then I felt like well I I have to do what she says now yeah like I any freedom that I had prior I lost that freedom now I'm married to her I have to make her happy yeah yeah because again my family dynamic that was, was your dynamic you if mama ain't happy ain't nobody happy mm -hmm. I heard that at work and I heard that everywhere time. else mm -hmm. um and your your job as a husband is to give your wife whatever it is that she wants and if she wants your time your energy or whatever like you acquiesce that and you don't have a social life you know like so I was in the first year or two of our marriage I was trying to like get you to have friends and have a social life so that I could have one because I wanted to go like I felt like it was a like I was I was getting like to get to do something that I wanted to do when I would go play football with the guys like for 30 minutes like on a weekday afternoon and I was like you know I, and I didn't realize that like I needed to have time to just like hang out with other people aside from being at work and I spent so much time at work and then I'd come home and um you know we would hang out but like the, I, I didn't have a social life I didn't have any interactions with other people and it felt unfair but I didn't know how to talk about that with you and I didn't think that I could talk about it with you. So, which, that's not on you. That's it's, on you. it's just night and day. Um, what is so mind-boggling about this is that when we, when I split, when we split, autonomy and time alone and not being controlled, like, was, I was not going to put that on anyone and I didn't want anyone to give that to me and so now it's just like take all the space you need give me a lot of space and let me ha like I did not get that I, I did not have that um, capacity when we were together because I was still like so wounded so when I referenced oh my gosh I'm engaged to this person he's gonna see all my skeletons um that was the big skeleton. I knew how um, insecure I was. I knew how much I was going to m like make you play with me. Like, stay with me. Pick me. Pick me. And again, it's that little girl that just wants to be picked by people that have already established their friend group and don't need me, but I like really want to be picked. So... 
anything and everything was a threat. And uh, that is a lot to put on someone because I see now like, holy shit. Um, I can't imagine doing that with someone's time now. You want to go hang out with friends? Yes, have a life. Go play. And I can play now, too. That means I can play. But at the time, my college friends were moving everywhere, and the dynamics between guy friends and girlfriends are very different. Like, guys can go and hang out and whatever, and girls are like, well, we're having children now. We do this now. And I couldn't... All my friends were going away. So... Then it was almost like a sibling dynamic. Well, you can't go play with your friends because I have no friends. So that's not fair. You know, it was just all of this. Ugh, just so completely compressed, unprocessed childhood wounding that caused me to control you like I did. Because I was like, I cannot be replaced. I'm, I am I feel like I have my role and my, um, my place of importance is like always hanging on the precipice, you know, ready to fall off the cliff and he's not going to pick me and he has to pick me. Cause if he doesn't, that means I'm not loved and all this stuff. So, so I, I didn't do this every day, but there were several days that I would kind of just go down and sit in the study and look out the window and wonder if you were going to come back. And I thought that you would, you would go out and you would like date somebody or get into a relationship with somebody and have some sort of awakening mm -hmm. and be like, I really did have a good man that I was married to. Why did I walk away? I don't want to walk away. I want to go home. And I thought that that was what was going to happen. And I would, I would pray about that in a way. Mm -hmm. And there was a part of me that for a while I was waiting for that to happen. And then after, after a period, it was like, dude, you really like... <laughs> When you said you let her go, mm -hmm. you've got to really let her go. I think when I let when I let that go, that's when I did start to feel the anger because mm. I hadn't let myself feel anger. Wow! And I hadn't let myself feel bitterness. I hadn't let myself be mad at you. Mm -hmm. I hadn't like looked at you from that other perspective because I didn't want to. I didn't want you to be the villain in my story. That see, you're that's you're so much better than me in that oh. way. Because I'm like, because I'm like, I need a villain, someone who will play this role of villain. But I, <laughs> I had to let myself get to that place. Ah. I had to let myself get to a place where I hated you. Mm. I had to let myself, as much as I didn't want to, mm. I had to let myself feel the anger. Mm. I had to beat the fuck out of some punching bags mm -hmm. and like exercise heavily in my old school boxing ways to get that energy out because it was inside of me, mm -hmm. but I didn't want to look at it. I, 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 it was something that I had suppressed and I, uh, but uh, you know, if, if, if you don't feel it and you don't let yourself process it, it's going to come out and be like a zombie mm -hmm. and take over some other part of your life. Mm -hmm. So I've got to let myself feel this so it can do what it's going to do, have its yeah. thriller dance all over the place, and then yeah. move on down the road. Ugh, ugh, I don't envy that. And again, it's really interesting that the things you're describing that you felt after, naturally, were all the things I was feeling before and, like, going out. Like, mm -hmm. because I felt it in my body, and I'm like, I'm going to push this down one more year because... 
you're not supposed to divorce. You're you're just going to show yourself that you're flaky. Why even get div- married in the first place if it's just going to end in divorce? Your life is going to mean it's a lie. You got to keep pushing this down the road. And so I woke up one morning in January of 2017 with my stomach on fire. It was like my body was like, "You have to say stuff. You have to you have to fess up, girl, because your body is really just destroying itself." It's interesting that all that was I was feeling it, and that's why I was going to the gym so much and working my I mean, I would go clean houses all day, like three houses in one day, and then I would go to the gym, go all out in a class or two, then run as fast as I could on the treadmill after that. Mm. And then I'd get home and I'd be so anxious that I wouldn't eat. So I like dropped weight like crazy because I was just like, blah. And I just burnt my body out. Like my body felt so abused by the end of that. But that was me. That was my uh, old school boxing moves, like in the process of it happening. So we went through the same process at different times. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And then so when it was done, it was done. Grieving is an interesting beast because it does not respect timelines. The grieving process for me started the last few years of our marriage. For Dave, it happened as the relationship was ending. I call that last year of marriage the the year of tears. I cried so much. I'm surprised I still have eyes. And it was weird. I would like walk out of the kitchen and enter the living room. And it's like just the change of scenery would cause me to burst into tears again. Or I'd go from the house to my car, burst into tears. It was the weirdest thing I'd ever experienced. It was just like, crying all the time in private because then I'd have to like who hide the tears like that scene in love actually like okay let's swallow this down okay let's go out and present ourselves I've often heard the phrase when a woman is done she's done she'll stop calling she'll stop bringing up the issues that she used to bring up she'll she'll stop trying And when she stops doing those things, watch out because it's over. I think that's true for people in general, not just women. When you're done, you're done. And by the end of our relationship, I was done crying. This gets no more tears. I have cried every last tear that I'm going to for this marriage. And so when I'm moving out, I felt relief. It can seem very much like one person in a relationship is cold-hearted and the other person is not. They might just be going through different phases of the grief process. You just never know. So, yeah. But even like, there were lots of moments that were difficult. Mm -hmm. There are also so many beautiful moments. Mm -hmm. Like, as much as my feet hurt the entire time, Going to London with you was an absolute beautiful trip. Wow. See, because I felt like I was dragging you everywhere, and that that tr- trip no, like, caused so much stress in my I, body. <laughs> I, I want, there, were, there were two things I wanted to do that I didn't get to do, but mm-hmm. it was also like I... I didn't advocate for my own voice. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of... There's a lot of things in our relationship that, like... I wanted and I would say it, but like I didn't have strong enough boundaries and strong enough fortitude in myself to be like, no, I, I get what I want too. And I, 
the peacemaker in me mm-hmm. didn't want to create any sort of tension. I felt already uncomfortable in the fact that like we didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to acquiesce and make you happy, which is not fair to either one of us. Mm-hmm. But um, in England, uh, I should not have bought brand new shoes and taken those brand new shoes because as the main thing I was going to be wearing for 10 days because we walked seven miles a day on average. <laughs> like, yeah. And my, you know, I was used to walking like, I don't know, 2,000 steps a day at that time. Yeah. Um, and that was probably a lot at the time. But my feet hurt the entire time. And you were very gracious with me still, even though like I felt like I was slowing you down from being able to do all the things that you wanted to do. But towards the the last three days that we were there, we had spent seven days with mm-hmm. and I wanted to just hang out with the two of us. And so we got to do that. That we got I don't know if like, I got, like, like, like last we, two we days. Got kind maybe? of like an Airbnb or a hotel. Yes, somewhere. we stayed at yeah, the Irish or yeah, the Celtic that, Hotel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. Yeah. That was fun. That was a cool place. Um we but we also went to Maine together. Mm-hmm. And rode the train from Boston to Portland. That was fun. Yeah. Um, we did we did some really fun trips together, mm-hmm. and I celebrate that. We went to Mexico several times. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were supportive of me during some very difficult points in life that, like, um, I don't think I ever thanked you for. Hmm. If I did, I didn't thank you enough. Oh. Um, or I don't feel like I did. <laughs> um, and so hindsight being what it is, like, y- you had plenty of reasons to f- to feel stressed and, and tense and probably angry and upset at me for a variety of other things mm-hmm. than the stuff that was on the surface. Mm-hmm. But you... You were supportive of me and, and all the craziness that I went through for mm-hmm. however many years that was. Mm-hmm. And your strength and support of me through that is really meaningful now, 15 years later. I see now how much we served the word divorce. Get married so that you never divorce and then you'll never be alone again. And yet... The loneliest I've ever been was in those last years of our marriage. The act of marriage is at most an agreement. It's an agreement. It's like that line in Spaceballs. Do you? Yes. Do you? Yes. Okay, you're married. But for us, marriage was fire insurance. It was the magical glue that was going to fill all the cracks in our hearts and we were going to live happily ever after. And I see now that our fairy tale delusions And it made us passive in the relationship. We passively waited for things to change. And when those didn't change, then we became passive aggressive or sometimes full on aggressive. In spite of all of this, in spite of all the hurt and hardship, we still had some great memories. Went on some cool trips. We owned a house together, had some great laughs. And At the end of the day, we were married almost 12 years. And if I still served that word divorce, I would see all of that as a waste. Because if it was so great, then why'd you get divorced? 
And it's weird because if I remember correctly, our vows stated divorce is not an option. I've heard that from other couples, especially ones from the church. Divorce is not an option. In fact, I think it was an older couple in the church that had put that idea on us and inspired us to put it in our vows. But we never once thought to put instead, criticism is not an option. Defensiveness is not an option. Stonewalling, crossing each other's boundaries is not an option. Those should have made their way into our vows because we crossed each other's boundaries all the time. Or rather, we didn't cross each other's boundaries ever because we never set any officially. We didn't know how. We didn't know how to sit down with each other and say, when you do these things, I feel controlled, disrespected, unloved, taken for granted. And I don't want to feel that way in this relationship. So here's what we're going to do. And here are the consequences if it doesn't happen that way. I felt like, well, we can't talk like that because divorce is not an option and there is no way out. So if boundaries are broken left and right, there's nowhere to go. And I know in an interview, you can't really share the depths of where your heart was at different places in time. But as I listen to this interview play out, I hear the reasons why we wanted to save the marriage wasn't out of love. Based on what I heard, it was out of the fear of getting divorced. The fear of seeming flaky, the fear of following in father's footsteps. I didn't hear, however, choices being made out of love. But that word makes its appearance next week as we unpack the final portion of this story, our reconciliation. In the meantime, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Join us on Instagram at SWUT Podcast. That's S-W-U-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T for further conversations, insights, and behind-the-scenes content from today's episode. And for the complete viewing experience, tune into Shall We Unpack This on YouTube? We'll see you next week.